It's Us. I'm Nicole. I am the mom. And I'm Mira, and I'm the daughter. And this is Adulting But Not Grown Up. And today we are going to talk about tattoos. Um, yes. It's been a bit of a contentious issue in our household, well, during Mira's teenage years, where she really wanted one. And my uh, take on that was that she had to stay at default settings until she was of adult age. Then once you hit that age, what did you do, Mara? I got a lot of tattoos. Yes, you did. Uh, so, why? Um, I felt like I wanted to. I felt like it was kind of a, you know, more of a fun artistic expression than like, you know, makeup washes off at the end of the day. If you do something cool with that, it's just kind of gone. If you get a tattoo, it's just kind of there. You don't have to put them on in the morning. <laughs> okay, that's true. However, what if you change your mind? 10% of people have tattoo regret. 14% of people have tattoo regrets, actually. 14%. I knew it was around 10 Mostly women, and it's mostly names that they regret getting tattooed on them. Mm, so Yeah, I can see that. Boyfriend name. Yeah, so to name. tip there, <laughs> don't get any names tattooed on you. Unless it's like... Your, your children. kids. Yeah. Or like your pets. Yeah. You can get your pet's name tattooed on you. Maybe not like the guy you've been with for six weeks in college, though. Yeah. Not a good plan. I knew someone who um, met a guy who was in a band, and the day, the night she met him, got the name of the band tattooed across the back of her neck, and then the next morning set up an appointment for tattoo removal. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> back of the neck too that would that would hurt yeah. I've heard that it is more painful to get them removed most of the time than yes. to get them done in the first place yeah there are specific tattooings now that are like designed of like you know if you're not sure use this ink it's easier for the lasers to break down which seems like if you're not sure don't get the tattoo <laughs> I, I don't agree. know I can say there's never been anything that I've been like any image that is so meaningful to me that I thought I want that picture on my body forever. And what if you end up with small barbecue grill in another language accidentally on your person? I think it's, I think it's, a, it's I think it was Japanese barbecue first and then when she tried to correct it, it was small barbecue grill or something or something like that. I don't know. Who was it? Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. <laughs> it was Ariana Grande. Yeah. Trying to get a seven rings tattoo. Yeah. Things can go don't get things tattooed in another language. Baby unless you speak that language. Right? Seems because like such a bad idea. It is a bad idea because it you're just trusting that someone's putting something on there and then it ends up saying soup. I know. And like then that. And then there's the whole thing of, like, a lot of times it doesn't translate exactly anyways. Yes. So, like, you don't want to go and get, like, you know, Hangul characters on your body if you don't speak Korean. Like. <laughs> Agreed. You know, if you don't know, you know, how the flow of the language works and stuff, then you might be getting, like, instead of, like, swift as the wind, it might be, like, fast wind currents. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, so I looked it up, and it turns out that people of, okay, I would say my generation have a higher percentage of tattoos than your generation. Mm -hmm. However, I feel like, okay, and this is just me, per, my personal experience, 
when I was in high school, I didn't know anybody with, like, there was no one in my high school that had tattoos. It was not a thing. There were some people that got tattoos, like, once they turned 18, but it was Mm -hmm. still very rare, and it wasn't, like, it was a pretty, like, oh, I can't believe she got a tattoo. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And now, I think, even though maybe the percentage isn't as high it's much more mainstream. I guess it's not like an edgy thing to do anymore. It just seems like it's very common. Yeah. I mean, like, I went, 38% of the um, developed world has tattoos. Yes. That's a, that's a high percentage. That's it's not pretty high rate. edgy and risque anymore. That's mainstream. Yeah, and I mean... Feel like a lot of like the percentage stuff where it's like older generation people are like more likely to have tattoos. I feel like I see a lot of older people with one tattoo and a lot of younger people where if you have tattoos you have twelve. Yeah, maybe that's I the feel case. like that's what I see a lot of the time. Like, you know, a forty year old woman will have like a piglet tattooed on her ankle or something and that's it. But then <laughs> Like and know, then she realizes, wow, that was a really bad idea to I get piglet tattooed. So many on my like ankle. older women that have like Tweety Bird tattooed on their calf and stuff, and it's just like, why was that a thing? I just don't really understand it. Or like, and they're all like, not like sexy cartoons either. Like I don't see a lot of women with like Betty Boop tattooed on them or anything. It's all like Tweety Cutesy. and Sylvester and <laughs> Sylvester the cat and like. Peppy Le Pew and stuff like it's all like weird Looney Tunes stuff and it's like why was this the choice you made <laughs> or like Winnie the Pooh or Piglet or yes. Eeyore like, like that all, doesn't seem meaningful they're all very like cute but they're not like I don't know <laughs> it's just yeah. weird to me but I feel like a lot of older people are like one tattoo but younger people are like if you have tattoos you have a lot yeah I thought about getting a tattoo once and actually a friend of mine actually went to a tattoo parlor but the guy was booked for the day so we didn't get them but I was gonna get a phoenix on my side yeah I remember you having the uh the printouts of the phoenix for yeah. a while that's actually a thing that uh women are more likely to make getting a tattoo uh, getting tattooed a group experience you know they're more likely to go with a friend oh interesting men are more likely to like you know book a couple of hours alone, a woman are more likely to be like, we're getting matching diamond tattoos on our pinkies kind of thing, you know? Mm. Interesting. Okay. Hey, do you know what I read the other day? I was reading this uh, article in National Geographic about uh, Otzi the Itesman. Otzi? Yeah. Otzi? I, I, I tried to figure it out. Couldn't couldn't find it. He had tattoos. Yes, he did. And and it's he, actually the oldest and tattoo. And he lived 5,300 years ago. I believe. Yeah, so 5,300 years ago they mm. were tattooing. Yeah. So, and I think he yeah. had sixty-nine tattoos. Holy, that many! I only I saw have it. it written down here somewhere. I'm sorry if you can hear my pages turning in the microphone there. Yeah, had sixty-one tattoos, mostly on his legs, made of soot and ash. Wow. I only saw pictures of two. I saw ones that were like, um, like parallel lines, and one that was yeah, a, uh, were, a cross, like a plus sign kind of thing. It was lots of like uh, runes and stuff. I think like uh, words. Yeah, but, I mean, ancient tattooing, over 49 different locations have evidence of mummified, tattooed bodies that have been found, you know, pretty pretty ancient guys out there with 
tattooed things on them. You know what I think is weird, though? When people are like, ooh, we found this bog mummy with fully intact skin and it has tattoos, and there's always some guy on the internet that's like, that looks really cool, I want to get that as a tattoo. Like, you're about to awaken some 4th century, like, This was the tattoo Cthulhu god. That got rid of vampires. Right. And now you're gonna And now you're back bringing them back. <laughs> right. Yeah. But... Yeah, uh, in ancient times, tattoos were, um, you know, for some cultures, it was pretty, like, you know, people got them for protection reasons. They were runes. A lot of times they were just kind of words or symbols kind mm-hmm. of thing. But in other cultures, like uh, in ancient China, tattoos were highly stigmatized because that was, uh, people were usually tattooed not of their own free will. They would have their foreheads tattooed because they had committed a crime. So it was like, like their a, scarlet letter. Like a public registry <laughs> of you doing something wrong. Everyone knows if you have this tattoo on your forehead that they can all see. And if you're covering your forehead, that's suspicious. <laughs> that would that definitely could be do useful. it. I mean, if if guys had to go into, you know, prison and instead of jail time they just had to get like pedophile tattooed on their forehead, I think that would fix a lot of issues there. <laughs> That might actually. Maybe they should reconsider that one. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, they did find tattoo mummies in Egypt, but they thought that it was decorative a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know. So not more decorative than symbolic. It was more decorative, but they do think that a lot. Uh, sometimes it was medical. That they thought that it was curing an ailment to tattoo oh. certain things on them. You know, like to tattoo like a symbol on them will cure a pain that they're having or an illness. I thought you meant like a medic alert bracelet (laughs) tattooed. (laughs) Diabetes type 2. Ancient ancient just in hieroglyphics. (laughs) That would be funny actually. But the other thing makes more sense. The other thing makes more sense, yes. Um, But uh, in Egypt the tattoos were only found on women. Men did not have tattoos. Until uh, 300 BCE to 400 CE, Nubian men started getting tattoos. But before that, it was like just Egyptian women were getting the tattoos. Hmm. And tattoos weren't done really in Egypt on men. They haven't found any evidence of them being on men anyways. Weird. I wonder what that was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, I mean, a lot of ancient tattoo stuff is like kind of cool. The... Samoan tattooing mm. is like really symbolic. Really symbolic, and there's uh, speculation that that's where the word for tattoo came from, the English word, because their word is like tatau or something oh. like that. T a t a u. Not sure how to pronounce that. There's a couple of uh, accents in there too, so <laughs> that seems like that would be a pretty good, uh, pretty good precursor to tattoo. Yeah, definitely. But. Uh, the Simone tattooing is passed from father to son, has been practiced for over 2,000 years. Like, as in, the son will get the same tattoos as the father, or the father does the they tattoos? They pass the skills of the tattoos, oh. and, like, specific symbols and stuff through family lines. Oh, and it's passed from father to son. So, they've been doing it for, like, over 2,000 years. It's been going on for a while now, and they're using pretty much the same tools. They're all still... Same tools, same techniques and stuff. Apparently very painful, very time-consuming, very high risk of infection. <laughs> Sharp stick and some ash kind of thing? Uh, what I found was that they're usually made from turtle shells and boar's teeth. 
which sounds terrifying. Like, those are really hard things and yes, seem very pointy. But apparently, um, those types of tattooing are more like carving designs into the skin rather than puncturing ink into the skin like a common day tattoo oh. needle would do. It's kind of like carving and setting the ink in that way. Ooh. You're kind of, you know, hammering it in. And that, that scene in Moana where they're doing the tattoo, hammering, that's that's pretty accurate for, for the kind of stuff that we're going for here. Wow. That seems ouchy. It does not seem fun. That's definitely for sure. But uh, those traditional tattoos can take weeks and weeks to get done where wow. like you know you're going for hours a day getting these little designs is it very ju- intricate tattooed into is it men and women that get those ones um now it looks like both men and women can get them but it looks like some of the more like traditional circles will be a little more strict about what things you can get tattooed on you as so what gender kind of thing traditionally men Traditionally, it's it's more commonly men that get, like, the full pieces, and it's men that have, like, you know, you surviving, going through the pain, and, you know, being able to tough it out kind of thing. Yeah, is. Like, a, like a manhood ritual kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. So, women, I think, got tattoos. I mean, I didn't find any evidence that they didn't. It looks like they were allowed to, but it looks like a lot of it was pretty uh, father to son important symbology kind of stuff but yeah I mean see I like all that all that symbology stuff and everything and like that if it's meaningful passed down through your family and everything like that Mm -hmm. but Tweety Bird We can talk I don't more get about it. like the styles later. I wrote down a little reference list of some of the uh, different styles of tattoos, and the uh, Samoan tribal is like its own thing. Like traditional tribal tattooing is like its own thing, and that can be split up into like Samoan tribal and like Maori tribal and like Haida tribal. Like you know, oh, yeah, that can okay. all be split up into different things. Where it's like you know. Canadian First Nations tribal might be different than New Zealand First Nations tribal, and those are very different designs with very different mm. meanings to yeah, very yeah. different groups of people. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all like considered tribal tattoos, air quotes, but <laughs> right, but depending on the tribe. But depending on where you're going, they're all going to have very different meanings. Yeah. And even techniques for placing them, because I mean, like a lot of people, they get the. Uh, you know, like Haida tribal tattoos, which mm. which is a term I found online, by the way, <laughs> just to clarify. Um, Probably other than just the Haida. Tattoo. Yeah, pr- I was thinking like that seems pretty particular to a single tribe of <laughs> yeah. Canadian First Nations people, but <laughs> probably probably a few more than just those guys. But and I mean, I'm sure that they all have pretty different art going on there, anyways. But yeah. A lot of those guys are like, uh, you, you go into like your standard parlor and you get it done with a tattoo gun, like right? A, yeah, like yeah. a standard needle nowadays. Yeah. Whereas the Samoan tattooing is like still very traditional, still done with those same tools, made the same way from two thousand years ago. Wow, it has changed very little in that span. Okay, well, see, like that kind of thing, that seems really neat. Seems very culturally rich very, in the very least. Exactly. Like it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, ancient Greece and Rome definitely have evidence of tattoos uh, from the 5th century BCE, uh, mainly used on societal outcasts to brand them with their status. Slaves, prisoners of war, criminals, 
people seems, you didn't want to associate with. Seems a little mean. Okay. It's kind of the same idea that ancient China had of yeah, the branding the people so that you kind of knew. Um, yeah, slaves in Rome were also tattooed to show that they had paid their taxes. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, there's evidence in ancient Rome of soldiers and arms manufacturers getting tattoos. Oh. Um, couldn't find why. I was wondering if it was for, like, identification. Yeah, like a label thing, or, you know? like, a... That's why sailors started getting tattoos in, like, back in the day of getting swallows and stuff tattooed on you. It was identification purposes a lot of the time and, like, mapping your journey, how far you'd traveled. Mm, okay. You know, I think that uh, the... The swallow was a 5,000-mile journey, and a turtle means that you had crossed the equator. Oh, I see. So that's kind of cool. But sailors would get anchors a lot. That was mm-hmm. pretty common. But, yeah, that was that was kind of kind of a deal. Sailors were, were a pretty big group of people that were getting tattoos. Yeah. Sailors, well, criminals, and circus freaks I, that, were kind, okay, of, that's what I was were kind of it. <laughs> Um, if you weren't a sailor, living on a boat, navy, whatever you're doing on your boat business, if you weren't a sailor and you weren't in a circus or visiting circuses frequently, that or working near a jail or where criminals might be, you might not really see people with tattoos, you know, 16, 17, 1800s kind of thing. They're not really around except for in those very niche groups of people. Yeah. So if you go to a circus, you're going to find those tattooed freaks, those people with the full body suits yeah. that were pretty well done actually considering the time period like you know early early 1800s 1820s and stuff and people were getting like these full body suits and like the pictures are like black and white and grainy when you look them up online but the tattoos look pretty good all things considered like if i was getting a tattoo in the 1820s that's about what i'd expect i guess if you really need a job um way to go but yeah they weren't widely socially accepted until about the mid-20th century and uh before that it was those pretty pretty specific pretty groups yeah. uh john o'reilly was the tattooed irishman and he had tattoos that covered his whole body in the 1800s he was one of those circus freaks that people came to, from far and wide to see to look at. and emma de Berg was a famously tattooed lady from the 1880s which was a little bit rarer for people to see which is why it was a bit later on and her and her husband were a fully tattooed couple Oh. And they were actually both tattooed by the same artist that did John O'Reilly's tattoos. I looked for that artist's name. I didn't look very hard, I'll be honest with you guys. You could probably find it if you looked a little <laughs> bit harder than me, but... <laughs> uh, it, it was done by the same artist that did John O'Reilly, the tattooed Irishman's tattoos. Huh. So he was apparently a pretty a known highly sought-after guy. Like, apparently he was very talented. I looked at their tattoos, and there's one portrait of Emma DeBerg. It's kind of like a, a bust portrait where you can see her whole chest and arms and stuff. Apparently a lot of her motifs were religious in nature and mm-hmm. quite, uh, you know, biblical and stuff like that. And Very well done, though. They, they look... Amazing. Wow. <laughs> they look really good. Really cool. I have a by decade section over here. <laughs> wow, you did, really did a lot of research here. I really did a lot of research. <laughs> I think I have six pages double-sided. Um, <laughs> so, in the 1910s, right at the beginning of the 20th century, 
it was, again, circus performers, sailors, criminals. They were mostly used to tell personal stories and professions for those sailors. So, or for other people too, those circus performers would sometimes get life story tattoos mm. kind of thing. Those were, those were kind of common, you know, getting, getting tattoos that told a story for them. Um, and it also became a part of being initiated as a sailor. You know, oh, you would okay. you would become a sailor, and your buddies would take you out to get your sailor tattoo, and that was kind of how it was. So, it would be a way to welcome you on board and identify you if something were to happen, so that your family wasn't just just wondering. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, the cat is dancing, <laughs> stretching the up the window outside and <laughs> making faces. Um, <laughs> so sailors would get tattoos for ports that they sail to, destinations journey distances, all kinds of things to mm-hmm. mark what a great sailor they were by how far they'd traveled and where they'd gone. But I know that this sounds really cool, but all I can think about is a sailor getting like a pineapple tattoo and being like, it's a pina colada tattoo because I went to Mexico, man. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's the reason for your pineapple tattoo? The reason for my pineapple tattoo is that me and Ruby uh, used it as a symbol of our friendship when we were... When we were younger, and then it just kind of became a running joke. Does Ruby also have a pineapple Ruby tattoo? also does have a pineapple tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby is my best friend, just for some reference, since uh, since I was about 12. We've been friends. So we're going on 10 years here, when, right. I, when I turn 22 in a month. Wow. Yeah, be pretty fun. So in the 1920s, tattoos are still stigmatized. People don't want you getting tattoos, but makeup is making a comeback um i believe that this was the post-world war one people are no Mm, longer uh you know what was that rationing that was the word i was looking for um so they weren't having all of their resources and stuff rationed for war purposes anymore Mm -hmm. and uh, american women would get cosmetic tattoos eyebrows lip liner sometimes eyeliner because makeup was so expensive <laughs> that it was easier to get the cosmetic tattoos and they would just like wow. take it to their grave. They would never tell anybody that they had these tattoos because it was stigmatized still. People weren't okay with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't an okay thing. Oh. And then in the 1930s, tattoos kind of become okay, but only one very specific kind of tattoos and that is the social security tattoos. <laughs> people were told to memorize their social security number and this was how some people did it. They would tattoo it on their body so that they had access 24-7 at all times. They're a little inebriated and <laughs> have a head wound. Here it is, Jim. <laughs> Hold their arm out. Today, that would be a very poor idea. Today, this is a poor idea. Somebody may chop off your arm for your... <laughs> or just <laughs> write it down Or just take a at the picture of you. Yeah, okay. don't wear short sleeve shirts if you get this done. <laughs> um, I did actually uh, read a thing online a while ago where this guy was like my grandpa has one of those the social security number tattoos and it's still his social security number and yeah. I was like it seems like a bad idea like, <laughs> like a bad idea. it seems like a terrible idea but yeah 1930s still not really acceptable for a lot of people unless you had the social security number that was seen as a necessity hmm. not not like a choice like like a dirty sailor getting all these all these horrible tattoos all over the <laughs> And the like. So, you're not really considered an upstanding member of society at the time if you have tattoos. Especially because uh, some 
theories came out at the time that the entire act of getting a tattoo was some way like a sexual process and that like you might be a sexual deviant or maybe sexually repressed like maybe you were a homosexual if you got tattoos kind of thing so that didn't help (laughs) the situation it didn't help what people already were thinking about tattoos it wasn't you know it wasn't helping the whole the taboo of the whole thing you know 1940s roll around and that is Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry was an actual guy, and it is a style of tattoos that people still get pretty commonly. I have a tattoo that is actually in this style, and I didn't even know that it was one specific guy. I just thought it was a style of tattoos, but it is one style of tattoos that was developed by one specific guy who is called Sailor Jerry as a nickname. Um, his name was Norman Keith Collins, and he... If, if you've ever seen those, like, swallow tattoos with the flowers, they've got pretty bright, like, blues, yellows, reds, and they're, they're usually pretty, like, poppy colors, bold outlines kind of stuff, mm-hmm. compasses, swallows, usually pretty nautical designs, but they're seen as, like, the old school kind of tattoos. That is this guy. That's Sailor Jerry. That's his design, and a lot of people still get tattoos inspired by those kinds of designs, like I did. <laughs> So, they were mostly nautical and military-themed in the 1940s, and patriotic because World War II. And also, women started getting tattoos in the 1940s because they started entering the workforce. Oh. Because World War II rolled around, and they were like, we can do whatever men can do, and if men are going to get tattoos, then we're going to get tattoos, too. Try and stop us. (laughs) Rosie the Riveter with exactly. a tattoo. Exactly. Rosie the Riveter with a tattoo. <laughs> so, uh, Keith, or Norman Keith Collins, sorry, uh, creating these designs kind of shifted the whole idea. They were no longer, like, weird black prison tattoos that prisoners had, or, like, sailors drunkenly getting tattoos after their last departure kind of thing. And it kind of became like a, you know... An artistic pursuit, I guess okay. you'd say. It became a little more accepted. Still not 100%. A lot of people are still iffy about it, obviously, but it's becoming a little less terrifying for the public, I'd say. <laughs> people are less horrified when they see someone with tattoos. It's less likely that they're out to get your children in the street and more likely that they just wanted to get a tattoo at this point. You know, right. people are just you know, less likely to shield their children to walk to the other side of the street. (laughs) 1950s tattoos are a masculine symbol, and it's really trendy for all those bad boys to get tattoos all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, there's still a pretty negative social stigma about it, and you might still be labeled a criminal, but I feel like at this point it was, uh, everyone comes back from the war and uh, all of the leather jackets come out and... <laughs> I, I'm thinking of, like, the outsiders. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, the Fonz. <laughs> like, the Fonz looks like a criminal. <laughs> he was the most clean-cut-looking criminal I think ever. <laughs> but that's, like, but you know... That that's, was what they were That's the idea, though, right? Like, the Fonz looks like a criminal. You know, this guy in Greece is gonna steal my child. <laughs> That was the idea. These guys weren't fitting, 
weren't fitting the bill. They weren't clean cut and going to work. And, you know, they were smoking cigarettes and wearing jackets. And, you know, they were they were the bad boys getting tattoos. The greasers. The greasers. <laughs> so you might be a criminal. You might be a thug. So they kind of shifted backwards in this decade. It was a little step back because you were kind of an outcast again if you got the tattoos. You were the outcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hilarious. Um, nautical tattoos are still popular, and chest tattoos become a little more popular. People hmm. start getting the the full chest pieces that pop out of the top of their collars, which seems like maybe something that you wouldn't want to do in the 1950s because of the, the high-buttoned collars, like, it might poke out, right? Like, I feel like you would want to go lower. Whatever. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. I feel like you would want to hide it in the 1950s. Um, in the 1960s... Parlors in New York were blamed for an increase in hepatitis. It's unknown whether or not they actually had anything to do with those hepatitis rates, but they were still blamed, which didn't help. Again, the tattoo taboo that was going on, much like the you might be a sexual deviant if you got tattoos idea. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you had tattoos, then people might think that you have hepatitis, and, you know, that's not necessarily branding you again and yeah branding you again as somebody who might be an unclean member of society kind of thing so a lot of people just kind of didn't didn't deal deal with any of that because they weren't willing to to risk it but there was an increase in celebrities with tattoos like janice joplin she had tattoos and people were kind of like huh you know like it kind of made them rethink it a little bit like if somebody's so popular and if a celebrity can do it then like maybe i can do it <laughs> you know yeah yeah um patriotic tattoos dropped in popularity because of the vietnam war oh interesting people apparently weren't feeling america at that time <laughs> um but the classic skull and crossbones become very popular especially in bikers which apparently mm-hmm. were cropping up in the 1960s um, in the 70s, tattoos become more mainstream and accepted. Peace symbols and messages of peace are the most popular kinds of tattoos that people are getting. Makes sense for the... Um, the 70s brought in new styles of very detailed and very intricate tattoos. New new kinds of designs and sleeve tattoos and bodysuits were, were coming back in again after the circus freaks were kind of the only guys that, that had that... that sort of the whole blocks of their body sectioned off in tattoos. In the 80s, tattoos start getting a lot bigger and a lot brighter. Really thick outlines, a lot of Celtic knots, and a lot of really colorful motifs. People are really going ham at it. (laughs) They're really enjoying the tattoo scene. Uh, Music had a really huge influence, especially rock and roll. People would see celebrities with tattoos and be like, I like that idea. And they'd they'd come up with their own thing. A lot of people would get copycat tattoos. They'd Mm -hmm. be like, I want this celebrity's tattoo in the same spot and they would get that tattoo and then you'd just like you know have their tattoo right (laughs) and that would be like a conversation piece like oh this is the tattoo that such and such has and then you would meet other fans so uh a lot of that the stigma is gone socially people are you know more accepting of it and everything they're they're less likely to be like oh this is obscene (laughs) horrifying (laughs) you're more like you know more likely you're a regular person right more likely that you're just a guy chilling out (laughs) going to work on monday (laughs) in the 90s celebrities are 
getting tattoos, and people are seeing them. Pamela Anderson and her barbed wire armband are particularly popular. A lot of people got barbed wire armband tattoos. (laughs) A lot of people got barbed wire armband tattoos. Tribal designs, Chinese lettering, and tattoos of the sun are the most popular tattoos to get in the 90s, which seems pretty accurate to me, actually. (laughs) Um, This was the first time that people ever really considered cultural appropriation, though, in their tattoos. People were getting tribal tattoos for the first time, and this was the first time that digital communication allowed a global debate about it. Okay. So people were like, is it okay for us to be getting these tribal tattoos? Like, you know, I'm I'm white. Is it okay for me to be getting this tattoo from some culture that I don't even know about? I don't even know where this is from. Is it okay for me to get this on here? Yeah, I don't know if I this is like symbolic of something. Yeah. A lot of people just liked the way it looks. And that kind of leads to a thing of, like, is it really cultural appropriation if you like the way it looks versus this? And if we're going to get into a side note, I think it's cultural appropriation if you as a white person are allowed to get away with it. But the culture that it belongs to is not allowed to get away with it. So, like, black Mm, girls with dreadlocks and braids being seen as ghetto and trashy and unkempt and unprofessional, but white girls with braids are, like, high fashion. Yeah. That's weird. I don't like that, and it freaks me out, because I'm like, that is cultural appropriation. Like, not wearing an Asian-inspired prom dress, but, like, (laughs) you being able to do it, but the culture it came from not being able able to do it, it. that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. Um, In the 2000s, tramp stamps are everywhere. People are getting their lower back tattooed, primarily women. Um, Butterflies and yin-yangs are the most popular thing that women are getting tattooed on them in, on the lower back in the 2000s. Um, And celebrities continued to influence tattoos. Star tattoos became really, really popular, particularly because of Rihanna and Avril Lavigne. (laughs) I remember Avril Lavigne having like I think she had six star tattoos six or seven or something and they were all scattered all over the place and on her body in different colors you know um yeah in the 2010s now that would be the the now the now zone the small tattoos and the hidden tattoos Mm -hmm. are what's kind of popular you know the side of your finger behind your ear Mm -hmm. tiny and hidden that's that's the deal. And creative and very unique designs are a big thing. People are designing their own tattoos and oh, coming okay. into offices with da- designs. Yeah. Or, you know, taking elements from several tattoos and coming into the artist and being like, can you compile all of these together kind of thing, you know? And mm-hmm. they're, they're brainstorming together. It's leading to a lot more uh, collaboration between artists mm-hmm. and the people receiving the actual tattoos. Um, I would just like to interject that my mom advice here, Mm -hmm. don't get a tattoo anywhere you can't cover with a piece of clothing. Yes. Or your hair or something. I... Because you just, you don't know. You don't know where you might think, hey, it's going to be really cool if I get this tattooed on my neck or my forearm or whatever. And then you end up being like a judge or something like that or wanting a job where you need to have that professional appearance and you have this tattoo on your crotch or knuckles or whatever it is and... I work in like a office environment and I will see a coworker like on the weekend in a tank top and I'm like, wow, that person has a whole pile of tattoos all over them, which I never knew because everything is covered by their clothes. Yeah. And I mean, 
a lot of times if you strategically place your tattoos or a lot of times your tattoo artist will work with you to place your tattoos properly you know if you say like i need to wear this for work kind of thing yeah you have a uniform or whatever then they can work with you and also a lot of tattoo artists that are being trained now are becoming more enlightened to the future of tattoos like your physical future of tattoos because Mm -hmm. A lot of things that people hear repeatedly is like, what are those tattoos going to look like when you're 75 kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And that's something that tattoo artists are working on and learning now. Like, if you place them in certain areas and if you do the tattoos a certain way, they will look good when you're 80 years old. Hmm. Okay. If you do a good enough job, then they'll look good. Your tattoo artist needs to know what he's doing. But if they know what they're doing, then, you know, you can have a pretty good looking tattoo. Well, and like, what about, too, if you get a tattoo when you're like... 15 or 16 and then you grow a foot okay that's the thing (laughs) don't let your 14 year old kid get a tattoo because they got straight a's or something that is the dumbest thing in the world because if your 14 year old son is going to have like if his forearm is going to be twice the size in a year (laughs) that's going to lead to issues like a lot of boys that i went to high school with had like tattoos across the top of their back and stuff and like once they like finished up with puberty and stuff and their back was literally like twice the size as it was when they got the tattoo all the letters are like stretched out and stuff i don't know why it was such a trend for them to get their own last names tattooed on them that's the weirdest thing to me but carrying on um (laughs) yeah that's mm. yeah and plus come on at that age are you really gonna pick something exactly like you're really really sure when you're 14 that you're like gonna pick the best tattoo in the world but let me tell all of you immediately that that is not the case because when I was 14 I was so so sure that I would adore my Black Veil Brides band logo tattoo until the day that I died and I've literally not listened to a single one of their songs and I'm gonna say about six years (laughs) or you have Tweety Bird or you have Tweety Bird so (laughs) on you forever (laughs) definitely so there's a lot of styles of tattoos Mm -hmm. you know if you go in and you don't know what you're looking for you're kind of in for a bad time like you know if you're just like I want a tattoo and you don't know you don't have an idea you don't have an inspiration you don't have you know okay I'm just gonna say here if you want a tattoo and you have no idea or inspiration you should not get something permanently put on your body on a whim a hundred percent but I have done this before and (laughs) I am aware where I'm like driving somewhere and I'm like oh there's a tattoo parlor that I like here I'm gonna call them and see if they have any walk-in appointments available today and I like call them and I make the appointment and then I'm like all right I'm gonna go into my tattoo folder on my phone and I'm gonna see if I can find something that I want to get tattooed on me today okay. and that's how I ended up with my pineapple tattoo <laughs> also tell about the terrible idea you and your friends had with the place the tattoo place that had like the vending machine Okay, this isn't a terrible idea that I had. Worst idea ever. The coin-operated tattoo machines where you pay your $60, $80, whatever, and then you put the coin into the machine and it spits out a tattoo stencil and you can get it or not get it, but your money is gone either way. It's the worst idea ever. (laughs) Okay, but you're thinking of it like this is something that everyone's gonna see and not like if I get something really dumb I'm just gonna put it on my butt and never talk about it again <laughs> it's still there okay but you also don't have telling to get you it. every day that was the stupidest thing or else I just handed a stranger $80 <laughs> and walked out 
Those are my options. Okay. Either like, way, it's dumb. All right, but like, <laughs> you don't have to ever do it. And if people do want to do it, then like, it's fun. It's like Russian roulette, but without the possibility of death. I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to say you started with the whole tattoo thing saying because you have a scar on your shoulder that you wanted something to cover your scar on your shoulder. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Do you have a tattoo covering that scar? No, actually, but I have been talking to the same tattoo artist for over a year. To Do you have five tattoos on other parts of your body? I have six tattoos, Mom. <laughs> and, okay, your boyfriend has a tattoo on his forearm, because he has a fair number of tattoos also. Yeah. And he has one on his forearm that it was supposed to be a Star Wars lightsaber, and it looks... Okay, that was a flash sale. <laughs> like a syringe that exploded on his arm... It's supposed to be watercolor, just for reference, that is exploded. <laughs> it looks like he got a syringe tattooed on his arm. It does kind of look like a which syringe Which is, but would just give a bad first impression, and... Watercolor is a difficult style to tattoo. The picture's bad! I'm, I'm not gonna tell you that it's bad, like, it's a terrible tattoo, I won't argue with you on that front. Okay, but... the other thing, you're gonna get something permanently on your body? Research the tattoo artist know there are don't just say hey tattoo parlay let's go on and see what sort of thing yeah this no person i know put in. i know I, I and i have one artist that i prefer to go to i have a friend His who Josh, I love him. showed me this tattoo she wanted up her arm very pretty picture went to some tattoo guy and it's garbage he he no he spent like he tattooed like oh yeah it's garbage but he tattooed like <laughs> halfway uh, half her arm mm -hmm. and then was like yeah i don't think i have the skill to do this Maybe we could make it into something else. So she's had this weird thing on her arm for like a year that doesn't even look like anything. It just looks like a bunch oh, of lines because he decided after he'd done all this that he was not skilled enough to do this type of tattoo. And then she was like, well, I think I'll go back to him. And I, don't, I feel bad. I want to give him a second chance. And I was like, no, no don't give him a second chance. Yeah, bad tattoos. Let me, let me just let me just give y'all some advice here. <laughs> Research your tattoo artist. Go to the tattoo parlor beforehand if you can. Um, if your tattoo artist doesn't ask for a deposit, that's usually a bad sign. Your tattoo artist should ask for a deposit if he doesn't take his time seriously and you know expect you to come in and need you to make a deposit to ensure that you come in so that he's not wasting his time where he could have booked somebody else into that two-hour block then that's like it's a bad sign right off the bat you want a tattoo artist that asks for a deposit because they're in demand that's they're yeah good. exactly you want them to be in demand and pr probably your tattoo artist should have a wait period some places have a walk-in policy and sometimes you're going to be able to walk into a really great tattoo artist who uses really good techniques and has you know lots of practice and knows what they're doing and sometimes they have walk-in policies but a lot of times the guys that are like really really good will have like a two-year wait list <laughs> no joke like and you pay for what you get for <laughs> you guys you are high quality people pay for high quality tattoos and body jewelry you deserve it <laughs> don't get bargain tattoos pay for high quality things you will get exactly what you pay for when it comes to tattoos and body jewelry if you put a six dollar nose stud in your nose 
you'll probably get an infection. If you pay $100 for a full sleeve, it's gonna look like you paid $100 for a full sleeve. You're not getting a deal, you're getting hepatitis. Um. <laughs> oh, and I get that, you know, you gotta start somewhere and you have to practice on something, but I'm sorry. I would not let somebody who's okay. learning practice on That's that. another thing. Here in the grand old country of Canada, it is illegal to tattoo somebody if you are not a licensed tattoo artist. If you have not been inspected by health inspectors, if you do not, like, own a tattoo parlor or rent a chair in the tattoo parlor where you have been like, yes, we understand that you're certified and you know what you're doing kind of thing, it's illegal for you to tattoo people because you don't know what you're doing and you can pass diseases on to people without being aware of it. There is a guy in town here, actually, that is like, bought a tattoo gun online and is tattooing his friends. Let me tell you, that is not a good plan. I am terrified of what he's doing over there because he literally bought one pack of 20 tattoo needles and is reusing them on Ugh, different people gross. and is like, this is the black needle and just uses the one needle for black. Like, that would be so dull. It must hurt so bad. Plus, that's really gross. It's illegal to tattoo other people. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. It is illegal. Okay, but be fine. How do you, when you're becoming a tattoo artist, then how do you practice to, to do it? Actually, funnily enough, um, there is skin. There's artificial skin that you can buy. Oh, so it's kind of like a silicone-y kind of stuff. And a lot of artists say that it uh, helps you with gauging pressure and just getting used to the the you know a moving pen being in your hand mm -hmm. and being able to draw a straight lines and stuff it's really helpful for getting used to all of that stuff when you're actually dealing with learning how to do designs the artists actually do uh fruit citrus fruit primarily actually uh grapefruits lemons and oranges i believe and mm -hmm. it's apparently really similar to human skin Interesting. um yeah, apparently it's, you know, similar enough that they're, they are able to practice. But I do know that when you're doing an apprenticeship at a tattoo parlor, which is what you do, that's how you become a tattoo artist, you mm -hmm. become an apprentice, it is widely accepted that as an apprentice you will be tattooing yourself. So you are your own practice canvas because it is illegal for you to tattoo other people without the training and that is what you are presently doing. So as an apprentice, you cannot tattoo people that are not yourself, but you can practice on yourself. So I have a friend that is currently in tattoo apprenticeship and she tattoos herself and she's, she's giving herself a sleeve right now. It's lots of little designs and stuff, but it's a lot of pretty solid line work actually. It's, she's doing a pretty good job. I guess you gotta start somewhere. Um, but I have heard that, uh, butcher shops will sometimes allow them to buy skin. Oh. And you can tattoo, like, pig skin. Okay. And apparently that is pretty similar. Hmm. Apparently sometimes they have to shave it, though, first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I guess you would have to do that on human skin also. You do have to do it on human skin. It is the weirdest experience in the world to, for a guy to be like, okay, like... You know, they tell you to, like, bring shorts or whatever if you're getting your legs tattooed because you don't want to, like, put jeans on right after and have it, Oh, yeah. You know. Okay, that makes sense. Most tattoo artists will cover your tattoo. Sometimes they don't. It depends on your artist, on what they use. Some guys use saran wrap. Some guys use this, the, um... Or girls. Derm... I know. Apologies. Sometimes they use, uh, kind of like a dermabond mm -hmm. thing, like a, like a full band-aid that sticks onto the whole tattoo to, to protect it for 
for a bit. So it depends on what artist you go to. Usually they'll they'll cover it, but they usually recommend that you let it breathe for a bit afterwards. You know, not wear sweatpants right after you get a calf tattoo or something. Oh. So, I mean, most of the time, most of the time they wrap it, but they don't want you to do that. But it's weird when you come in and they're like, go over there, <laughs> change into shorts, and you have to just be standing there while they like shave your leg. <laughs> Shave and you're like, leg. you're like, most of the time you shave before, but they shave you when you come in oh. because they want to be sure. Okay. Like they need to be sure that you're not going to like, you, you know, they're not tattooing over hair that's growing in or hmm. whatever. So they need to like make sure that it's really close. If you shaved last night, then it might not be a close shave anymore. So they wow. need, they usually have like a bucket full of disposable razors. They wet you down, shave quickly and toss it. <laughs> okay, now did you come across anything about religious tattoos? Because I seem to have some memory in the back of my head that there's some, like, thing in the Bible that you're not supposed to mark your body like that, and yet I see a lot of religious tattoos, which sort of... Okay. Does that ring any kind of bell to you? So, I think it's the Old Testament, the mm-hmm. Torah, that has that in, which is why Jewish people believe also that you cannot be marked and I think that they kind of recanted that a little bit because for a long time you couldn't be buried in Jewish cemeteries with tattoos that's like you know that's a thing you you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery with tattoos I think they made a joke about that on the Big Bang Theory once when Howard went to get a tattoo and he was like I can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery with a smiley face (laughs) on my butt or something like that right so it's kind of like a thing that people kind of know about, but I'm pretty sure they retracted that because Holocaust victims couldn't be buried in Jewish cemeteries oh. with their tattoos yeah, that would not if be they fair. were going to be strict with it. So I think that they kind of recanted that a little bit, and I know that a lot of like religious circles are kind of like if you have a Bible verse tattooed on you then that's different than you having like an upside down cross and hail Satan tattooed on your forehead. Like, you know? <laughs> Those are two different things. Those yeah. are different things. And Religious tattoos are actually considered, like, an art style of tattoos. Yes. You know, that's considered, like, its own particular style of tattooing. Like, uh, having a religious theme is, Mm. you know, considered its own deal. And even sometimes it's considered its own art style. And when you think about it, like, yeah, it does kind of have a style. Like, when you think about it, those, like, cross tattoos that you see, usually they're pretty realistic. Mm -hmm. They're highly shaded, very dramatic looking, you know. and Usually very black and white usually black and white sometimes they're in color but if they're in color they usually have pretty black pretty heavy grayscale shading on them Mm -hmm. you know pretty pretty heavy gray wash so i mean i feel like there are rules against it but what religion is being cherry picked at this point (laughs) so that is true (laughs) so i mean i feel like you know catholics getting tattoos isn't the end of the world but i know that like Mormons do not allow for that kind of thing. Like, you're not going to rise up in the Mormon church if you've got a full sleeve, right. you know? Like, that's <laughs> that's not what's going to go down. Very opposed to their... It's, it's pretty opposed, but I mean, if we're going to get into the Mormon church, a lot of that's weird. Um. <laughs> so do you think that, like, okay, so tattoos go follow this sort of line of being, like, criminals and sailors, and then being, like, edgy and you know, rebellious, and then being mainstream, and now it's moved into more of just an artistic yeah, type thing. I think for a lot of people, it's artistic, 
for a lot of people it's like a rite of passage because for some people it's like I grew up with terrible parents who never let me do anything and this is you know I can do whatever I want with myself now as an mm-hmm. adult kind of thing and it's symbolic for a lot of people to you know be able to to do this thing it's just like you know having your first drink on your 19th birthday like it's kind of like a symbolic like I'm an adult who can make these decisions about my body okay but pick something that pick something good meaningful or Um, it's going to be there forever forever I I actually have a pretty good recommendation for that um one of my friends said that if you go to a tattoo artist and like work with them to come up with a design which we'll probably have to pay for just a heads up you'll probably have to pay for working with them and them designing stuff even if they aren't tattooing you Mm -hmm. but you can get them to come up with a design and if you're like yes love that tattoo wonderful schedule it for next wednesday kind of thing like if that's how you feel they can apply that stencil to you and like spray it down and seal it Mm -hmm. and like you can seal stencils with baby powder yourself like it's not hard to do you can draw one on with permanent marker and seal it with like hairspray and it'll literally last for like three days like try out your tattoos you can go and get a tattoo artist to apply a stencil professionally for you and that stencil should last a Mm week-ish maybe half a week if you shower aggressively but i mean test it out a little bit see if you like it because i think it was um cara delavine Who's got the who's got the lion tattooed on her finger? I don't know who and that she is. wanted she's a model, um, okay. and and an actress and all kinds of stuff. But she wanted to get like a a full like hand tattoo of a lion. Mm-hmm. And the artist was like, no, 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 I think I think we should do this instead. And like did up the stencil for her or like drew on her hand or something mm-hmm. and let her leave with it. And then she came back in a week and was like, yeah, like this better good plan. Let's do this. Yeah. And you know, like that's a thing. It's okay to walk around with a terrible tattoo stencil on for a week and decide this is a bad idea that I'm not going to go with because that's a lot better than getting a week and a half yeah. into the healing process and being like, oh no. Yes, especially if it's a bad tattoo. That yeah. Forever. If you are getting a tattoo and you feel like it's not going well, stop the artist. It is a lot easier to get a tattoo fixed when it is in the beginning preliminary stages of getting done than it is to get a fully finished darkly shaded badly done tattoo covered up you know it's easy to finish up five squiggly lines that aren't doing so well than it is to cover up a rose that looks like a black cabbage (laughs) that is a good point i wouldn't have thought of that it's okay to ask the tattoo artist to stop if he doesn't (laughs) then that's assault you have have your own hands (laughs) throw them (laughs) throw those hands um Women are more likely than men to have tattoos. 59% of women to 40, 41% of men. So, pretty substantial difference, Yeah, I would think. Um, your skin is pierced anywhere from 50 to 3,000 times per minute when you're getting tattooed with your standard tattoo gun. Ouch. And uh, needles can be a single needle, or if you're getting a shaded needle or a clustered needle done, which is what you're going to do if you have thicker lines. Uh-huh. Really fine lines is a single needle. Thicker lines is like three to five needles stacked on top of each other, and shading is like 30 needles all stacked up Holy all cow. at once. Wow. Actually, having less needles hurts more. Oh, I could see that. Because it's kind of spread out. It's like the whole you know, surface net of, area. Net of, net of nails bed versus of nails. stepping exactly. on a single thin nail. Exactly. So, women are also more likely to have a tattoo removed 
as well as more likely to have a tattoo, period. Um, <laughs> black is the easiest color to have laser removed, while green and yellow are the most difficult. So, think ahead. <laughs> if you're going to get a full green and yellow back piece, but aren't sure about it, it's apparently difficult. So it requires more sessions and is apparently more painful because of the frequency that the laser has to vibrate at to break apart the ink. Yeast. Yeah. So, ugh. Americans spend $1.65 billion a year, with a B, billion, <laughs> on tattoos. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, in 2012, a study found that the most common thing for a woman to have tattooed on them is a heart or an angel, hmm. which I thought was kind of fun. Tattooing was illegal in South Carolina until 2004. Wow. And receiving a tattoo was illegal in Oklahoma until 2006. Wow. Yeah, I know. Like, I could kind of get that, like, being a tattoo artist, like, don't do that. Like, uh, South Korea, illegal to be a tattoo artist. It's, a, it's not actually illegal to be a tattoo artist, just to clarify. It is illegal to be a tattoo artist without a medical license. So if you're not a doctor, you can't be a tattoo to artist. Be a doctor. In which case, if a you're tattoo. a doctor and can go be a doctor, you're probably not going to take a tattoo artist's paycheck. Likely not. So they're kind of, <laughs> it's, it's illegal and there's a huge underground scene in South Korea, actually, of illegal tattooing because it's it is against the law. Oh, interesting. Um, tattooing is totally illegal, like 100% in three countries. Iran, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates. Hmm. Um, the record for the longest tattoo session was 56 hours and 30 minutes. That sounds like torture. And let me see if I can pronounce this name. Kurzistatov. Yep, good job. It looks Russian. There's a lot of Z's here. <laughs> I don't know how to say Yeah, exactly. Barnas. Seems, seems like an English last name there. And he finished 11 tattoos in that time period, which was a pretty substantial amount. Wow. Oh, he was the... T I thought you said it meant a person was getting tattooed for 56 no, hours. No, he... he tattooed. One artist tattooed for 56 hours I straight. I think I would want a tattoo artist who has had a nap. In that he time. was allowed to take five-minute breaks for water and bathroom yeah. after every hour. I would want somebody who has taken naps. Yeah. Um... Yeah, here's, here's the statistic. It was higher than we said before. 23% of people regret their tattoos, uh -oh. with the biggest regret being a name. Sorry we got that statistic wrong. Whoops. Uh, the most commonly tattooed area on a woman is the ankle, and on a man, it's the arm. Alright. And New Zealanders are the most tattooed people in the world, mostly due to the Maori people, who still get the traditional Polynesian tattoos. Oh, okay. That's still a pretty, a pretty standard thing. Also, this one was really funny to me. In Soviet Russia, sometimes prisoners would get tattoos of Lenin and Stalin on their bodies, and it wasn't a support thing. It wasn't like, I love Stalin so much, I need his face on me forever. It was because it was illegal to shoot at portraits of them. <laughs> so if they were sentenced to death by firing squad, the officers would all just kind of be like, well, I don't want to be sentenced to death by firing squad for breaking this law. <laughs> and they'd all just kind of stand there, like, kicking the dirt <laughs> for a bit. That's um, kind of funny. That is kind of funny. Um, yeah, so okay. lots of lots of fun stuff going on there. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to add that I thought was pretty cool. The um, ancient 
not ancient, sorry, old school. Yes. OG. <laughs> the hashtag OG um, photography method of the wet plate photography, where it's like the black and white kind of blue toned mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Maori tattoos are kind of a blue-green tone and are almost invisible completely when you use this kind of photography technique. So there are pictures of Maori people from the 1800s that are covered in tattoos, but you can't see any of them. And it was actually used to whitewash the culture of being like, look at what an upstanding, well-dressed man this is. And you just couldn't see his full face of tattoos kind of thing. So, you know, it was kind of kind of interesting to me and there is a an art project there was a photographer a little while ago that took pictures of modern day maori people with their tattoos mm-hmm. one in standard photography and one in og wet plate photography mm-hmm. to show that you could make them invisible wow and some of them are really cool like you know the tattoos change the angles of the people's faces and stuff yeah. and it looks so different yeah Almost like it looks like like here's you and here's your grandma kind of thing. Like it looks kind oh. of separate. It's kind of interesting though. Highly recommend you guys look that up. It looks pretty cool. The Maori wet plate photography, Maori tattoo and wet plate photography. You should probably show up. Google words. Interesting. <laughs> Google knows what you're doing if you put stuff in there. All right. So to summarize, use a sought after expensive tattoo artist. Yeah. You- what you pay for is exactly what you're getting. <laughs> From my point of view, don't tattoo anything you can't cover with clothes. Yep. My my line is my wrists and my collarbones. I'm not I'm not doing any of the face and I'm not doing my hands. <laughs> and I would also say don't just do it on a whim. Get something meaningful. It's going to be there forever. I I don't think it has to be meaningful, but I would say that it should be something that you're not going to regret. It's not like earrings that you can just take out afterwards. I'm just saying. True. But I mean, like, you know, it's not super meaningful to me to, like, have a knitting tattoo. Like, that's not, like, life-changing for me. She has a knitting tattoo. But I don't hate myself for it. I like the tattoo. I think it's great. Like, I don't think that every tattoo needs to have, like, a really symbolic meaning and story behind it. I think that you can just like the design and want it on you. Okay, well, that's fine, but I'm just... I guess it's just the drunken whim, and then you okay. wake up the next morning and That's like, another oh. thing. Do not get drunk and go get a tattoo. If you are drunk or on Tylenol even and you get a tattoo, you will bleed, and it will hurt more than getting a standard tattoo because your blood is thinned out when you're drunk or your blood is thinned out when you are taking blood thinners like Tylenol, ibuprofen, etc., and you'll bleed a lot more than you will with just a standard tattoo. Like, you'll bleed a lot, and it will hurt significantly more. Highly suggest not doing that. (laughs) They ask you before, when you sign your consent form, they're like, have you taken Tylenol in the last three days? That's usually one of the questions you have to check no on to get a tattoo. (laughs) They're like, you on blood thinners, mate? Like, you gotta tell them. And also, don't let your teenagers get tattoos. Probably not a good plan, and uh, don't let scratchers give you tattoos. That is a tattoo, quote-unquote, artist who is not actually trained and just, like, has a gun in their basement. It's like a prison tattoo. Pretty much, yeah. Don't don't get a prison tattoo. Don't let your friend tattoo you in your basement because you're 15 and you're edgy AF. (laughs) It's not cool. It's not cute to have syphilis 
or a moon shaped like a bean behind your ear until you die. <laughs> Just right. a heads up, everyone. <laughs> all right. Does that wrap up all we have to say on tattoos? I mean, I'll probably think of a lot of more stuff later, but yeah. All right. We're at an hour already, so yes. we should probably wrap this up. And I would just say, as a person uh, with no tattoos, I am a rarity now. So maybe yeah. it's more edgy to not have a tattoo. Think about that. Wow, yeah, you're so cool. I know, right? <laughs> I'm a rebel. All right, then. Have a lovely day. See you guys later.